Anyways, so this week's Parshas Dvarim is the first Parshas and Sefer Dvarim. So there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk about the difference between Sefer Dvarim, which is referred to as Mishnah Torah, than all the other Chumashim. So there's really four Chumashim and there's Mishnah Torah. So the question is that Mishnah Torah really is a re, is a repetition of the halachas that was learned previously throughout the four previous Chumashim. I mean, Sefer Bereshis, not so much, because there's not so many mitzvahs in Sefer Bereshis. But for the most part, also, besides for it being a a Sefer of a repetition, a Chazorah, of the mitzvahs, and many of the hashkafas and the ideas that were mentioned previously in the Chumash, also a lot of Musa that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving to Yisrael. And there's a question here that what was the point of the Musa? You know, what was the, you know, what was the idea behind it? A lot of big rabbis held that Sefer Dvorim is a Sefer that the Mitzat itself is Kedai to spend a lot of time learning because Shemens here Shemayim, because Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a lot of, is, is trying to reinforce the Yerushalayim and Klal Yisrael. But there's another Nakuda about it, and that is that this is the bridge between, you know, the end of the Sifrei Torah and to what comes afterwards. We mentioned previously, the Gemara says, that Yisrael, they would get the Chamish Chomshet Torah and Sefer Yeshua. Because there's no, you know, you look weiter in the Navi, you see all the Chatoim, as we spoke, with Achav and Menashe, I'm talking about even earlier. Shoftim, there were a lot of issues, Shoftim Befrat, we'll get to hopefully with Kushan Rishasayim after Yeshua, the story. They didn't have Klaitel didn't have really strong leaders in the sense that everybody felt Meshubit to listen to them. If you have the Melech, then everyone's Meshubit to him. If you have a, a, a strong ruler, then everyone has to listen to him. So a big part of what Moshe Rabbein was doing over here is he's talking to Klal Yisrael and he's telling Klal Yisrael what you did and where you have to improve. And it wasn't so much fun. As we all know, it's not fun to get Musa. But that was the idea, that was the point over here. So I want to look, take a look at the first couple of psukim in, in, in Perak Bays over here. Everybody talks about all the different drashas about, you know, Maitre Rabbeinu spoke with Derek Ramez and what the order was, was in order, was out of order, why, all these kind of things. I want to skip over all of that and I want to get to Perak Bays. Vanefen, and we turned away, Vanisa Hamidbara, Derek Yamsuf, and we traveled through the desert towards the Yamsuf, Kashadib Rashem like Hashem told me. Vanosov as Harseir Yom Rabbim, and we traveled around, we circled around Harseir for many days. But Yomer Hashem Eli, Posik Beis, Hashem said to me, Lamar, Rav Lechem, Soiv Esahor Azeb, Penu Lechem Tsefoyno. So this is the Posik I want to focus on over here. Let's see Rashi, let's see what we're talking about, and then we'll explain a little bit. Rashi says, Vanefen Vanisa Hamidvora, if Klal Yisrael wouldn't have sinned, Klal Yisrael would have passed through Harseir, which is Esav's territory, to enter into Eretz Yisrael from the south, and they would, you know, march towards the north. Realize something. Egypt, if today, the Egypt that's on the map today is the Mitzrayim that Klal Yisrael was in then, which is, you know, maybe... So it's not really that far from Eretz Yisrael, especially noting that you know the map of the, what Eretz Yisrael was then was a lot bigger than what Eretz Yisrael is today. But Pashtus. So they would have went in, it doesn't take 40 years, by any stretch of the imagination, to get from Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. 
the reason why they took 40 years is because they were punished that they were choyte, they got punished that they had to stay in the midbar. It's not because it took them 40 years. It doesn't take 40 years to get there. Yeah? It's like, how long does it take to get to Lakewood? How long does it take to get to Bar Park? We can tell them it take, takes 40 years, we're sugaring the cup. And that's the thing. So it's because they were choyte, they were makalkal, so they had to go through the midbar. Rashi gives it the exact directions of how they traveled. They went around the south of Harseir. Then, Hashem said to me, like this. What does that mean? You did enough of traveling around the Har, at, of Har Seir. Let's turn northwards. Zok Rashi. You're going eastward, but instead of going south, go north. Face the north. Okay, whatever the directions were. Point being that now they're going northwards. Soiv esahora azeh penu lechem tzafayno. What's this Lashon Rav Lachem and what's the Lashon of Soiv? We know there's a halacha, we mentioned when we were learning halachas the other day, that when a person writes a Sefer Torah, Tfilin, there's certain letters that have crowns on them. They have three little crowns on the top. The, the simon to remember which letters get this, get these Tagen get these crowns. Is Shatniz gets Shin Ayin Tes Nun Zayin Gimel and Sadi. Those letters get the Tagen. From time to time, you know, just like some letters in the Torah are bigger, some letters in the Torah are smaller. So sometimes, from time to time, we'll see Tagen appearing on other letters. So Zotabalatum Tagen Ala Samach. There are Tagen on the Samach of Soiv Eshahar, and we know there are Bekiva with Darshan the Tagen of the Oisiyos with Darshan. And anytime there's a tag, there's an extra crown. There's many different parts of the olive base that we can darshan. There are the basics of the oasis, the actual letters, right? For example, you know, we could be here all day because there's the, the way that the oasis and the olive base are made up are a chachma beyond fascinating. Take the ois aleph for example. The ois aleph has a vav running down the middle on a slant, has a yud on top, and has a yud on bottom. Right? That's how you write it. The, the yud on top is facing forward, and the the yud that's upside down is upside down facing the other way. That's twenty six. It's gematria twenty six. Gematria, the shem havaya, because Hashem is echad. Eh? So that all fits into one letter. Bays, for example, also can be broken down. Each ice can be broken down into a specific. There's there's specific zachin which each ice, which each ice is broken down into. Then there are tagen, the crowns on top of the ice, which are an additional um, mark in the sefer Torah that you make, which we're talking about now. There's another thing called the nakudas, right? Um, you know the nakudas that we could use to read the ICIs, how to read that properly, the vowelization. And a lot of times we'll find letters and um, dots on top of the ICIs of, of the 
of the Oysia Sir Sefer Torah, and each uh, each time there's a Nakuda on a Oysia and the Sefer Torah, you know, a Sefer Torah doesn't have Nakudas. So each time you have a Nakuda on a, each time you have a dot on top of a letter in the Sefer Torah, under a letter in the Sefer Torah, it's coming to teach you something. And then there's something called the the, the Taimim. The Taimim are the trap, as we know them. The Taimim Mikra. And there's what the direction of the Taimim Mikra as well. So you have Tagan ala Samach. There are Tagan, there are crowns on the letter Samach of Sevel Lechem Esahor Pnu Lechem Tzafoyna. Why is this? Lefisha Kibet as Ovev Shayeb Ben Samach Beled Esoysay. Because Esav was Mechabed, his father, who was 60 when he gave birth to him. And therefore, he will be the one to destroy the Vesamikdash that was 60 Amas. There's many questions over here. We're talking about Harsay, we're talking about Esav. Yes, I understand that. So Yitzchak was 60 when Esav was born. So Esav could destroy the Vesamikdash, which was 60 Amas. What's the connection over here? Mazois. What's the Balatrim coming to teach us? What are we learning over here? What is the base of Mikdash got to do with Esau? Who's talking about the base of Mikdash over here? Who's talking about Esau over here? Who cares that Esau was, who cares that Yitzchak was 60 when Esau was born? Mazos. So before we explain it, let's take a look at the Kliyakar, because the Kliyakar is going to give us the, 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 the proper mindset of how to understand what this Balturm is saying. He doesn't talk about the Balturm, but I think he's going to explain something over here very interesting. Rabbi Maimrim, he posted the there are many people that understand the puzzle over here that has tremendous, tremendous depth and very powerful. And it can be applicable to current times as well. The reason why Klal Yisrael needs to travel around and circle around in the Midbar and befrat that they're circling around Har Seir. What's the significance that they have to circle around Har Seir? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not allowing them to enter into Eretz Yisrael. We spoke many times already. There's a very stark concept that Kal Yisrael had a Havtocha, Kal Yisrael had the promise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the times of the Ovis that they're going to get to Eretz Yisrael. Yeah? We're in the Midbar, and we're in the Midbar, and we're in the Midbar. And we're right where are we? In the Midbar. And we, we, I don't understand. Eretz Yisrael is not that far away. We said it's a couple of miles. Look on a map today where Egypt is, look on a map where Israel is. It's not too far. You could fly there. You could drive there. I mean, it's not it's not a safe place to go. I don't suggest it, right? I mean, if you dress up like an Arab, then maybe, yeah, even then they probably can sniff you out, but don't do it. But Agapanam, it's not that far. It's an hour plane ride, six-hour car drive. Forty years is Zichinat. There's no such thing. So why was it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was delaying the entry of Klal Yisrael into the Promised Land in Territory Yisrael? For many, many days, Klal Yisrael was wandering around, around it, and Akash Baruch Hu never gave permission for Klal Yisrael to get into it. They weren't allowed to step foot in Territory Yisrael. What was the business over here? Until the Pasuk says, the Pasuk in Zechariah is talking about when Mashiach is going to come, and his feet are going to be firmly planted on that day, and that great day in Har Azazim. Travel northwards. Whenever Klali Yisrael's in Golis, face north. Focus northward and go that way. Vidarshu and Chazal Darshan over here. 
that when Esav looks like he's overpowering and overbearing, and it looks like he has the upper hand, we know the, the Chazal say, We know that when there's a time that Kalali strolls Isaac Bateru Batfila properly, so then Esav's hands will be lowered. They won't be able to overpower us, they won't be able to hurt us, they won't be able to touch us. If the Torah is not via Star's design, the Tefillah is not via Star's design, so what's going to happen is your time is the Esau. Esau will be able to overpower. Yes? Love Dafka. Love Dafka, but we'll see exactly what it means, and we'll come to explain what the Baal says. So the Medrash says that when, when we see, when we notice that Esau is gaining the upper hand, we should hide ourselves. We should go into hiding. Now, over time, in the different gullies, you know, the tzaddikim of all the generations had faced different challenges of how to deal with the goyim that came against us. Sometimes we have to go fight them head on. Sometimes we have to be mafias them. Sometimes we have to give them a lot of money. Sometimes we have to run away. Sometimes we have to hide from them. But when we see that Esav is getting the upper hands like the Medrash, hide from him. Because that means that that means that Esav is going to have the upper hand and he's going to be winning. The Balturim is saying that when Klal Yisrael, because Klal Yisrael was Chayte, and Esav exists in the world in a powerful orphan, he's going to be able to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. The Indian Hatzvan is, what's the idea of hiding over here? From time to time, the Yidin are going to be Matzliach and the Golos. And then Esav is going to start raising his hands against us. You have to hide your Hatzlacha and hide everything from Esav because there's no other nation of the world that has a kinah and has a hatred towards Klal Yisrael like Esav. Because according to them, their ideology is that everything was stolen from them, from that bracha that Yaakov Avinu got the brachas from Esav. Because Yaakov tricked Esav, so it really belongs to Esav. And Yaakov told his children to be careful from Esav. You always have to show that you're satisfied in front of Yishmael and Esav, because otherwise you're going to look weak and they're going to take you out. The Yishmaelim hold that Yitzchak stole the Hatzlach of Yishmael. And Yaakov went out of his way to steal the Hatzlach of Esau. That's why we have to go around to the north. So we should not be coming head on with Esau, but rather we should be going around them so that they don't. They don't, uh, they don't show any kinah towards us. This is the exact opposite of what Klal Yisrael does in these days, in the land of their enemies. Today's day and age, everybody flaunts their wealth, they dress in fancy clothing, and they live in these beautiful houses. Kilu, they have many thousands of them. And like they're they're stucking into the eyes, they're stucking into the eyes of the goyim. 
You know, in the say there Lo Pesach, we hide the Afikoyman. Well, what's this Tzofan? Why are we hiding the Afikoyman? The Lela say that that's the night that Yaakov got the brachas from Yitzchak from Yitzchak So there's a concept of the Tzofan. You gotta hide it a little bit. You can't flaunt your Hatzlacha. You can't flaunt your wealth in the eyes of the Goyim. And you're stoking the coals against the Goyim. And you're being over on what the Pasuk says, This Minig is widely accepted, it's popular. And this is for the most part the reason why Cloud Yisrael suffered so much in the Goliaths. And the wise people amongst us, they'll take this message to heart and they'll accept the Musr. What's he saying over here? We could go on and on about, you know, today's anti-Semitism. It is anti-Semitism. It's not anti-Semitism. Personally, I think, I'm going to say something. I don't want to sound too harsh. But personally, I think that it used to be 50, 60 years ago. If your father, your grandfather was walking down the street. And someone said some not nice comment to him about being Jewish. He'd run after him and beat him up. I'm not saying that's what you should do. I'm not saying it's a good idea. But it was done. And in Europe, it was done like that also, to a large extent. Nowadays, we, for, for the most part, many of us can't stick up for ourselves, even if it's not a guy that's starting up with us. A kid bullies you. Every, everybody, every other kid is getting bullied. Right? We're not going to talk about this now, but there is a concept. Let's not forget. Whatever the anti-Semitism is, whatever it's not, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, we should dive in that it should stop. But, Shtein al-Chazal, from Rav Shem that halacha, until Mashiach is coming, and nothing you could do about it. The only thing is that we could do is number one, like the Kleokar is saying, don't flaunt your wealth in their face. Number two, we know from Chazal, when there's Hakol Kol Yaakov, that will be able to overpower the Yadami the Esav. Let's take a step back to the Balaturim. What did the Balaturim say? Because Esav had tremendous Kibbut Av, rather. He was able to overpower the base of Mikdash. I'm not catch him. What's the deal? Why should that be so? So, what's the shaykhus over here? So the base of Mikdash. Oh, we don't have that much time. Let's try to jam it in. The base of Mikdash. We know we can understand as the Dabar Parshat is the highest physical point in this world that connects Shemayim and Ba'aretz. The pasuk says in the Ra'yomim, "Lecha Hashem Agdula, Vagivura, Vatiferes, Vanetzach, Vahahoid." And number six is, Kichol Vashamayim Vavaret. Yeah? What does that mean? The sixth nida of the Anhogis of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, Kichol Vashamayim Vavaret. The connection between this world and the next world. Shamayim, spiritual, Oretz, physical. The sixth day of the week, Arab Shabbos today, is the connection between the, the days of the week and Shabbos Kodesh. And we're supposed to be Moisef Bechel Ala Kodesh. Interesting thing. It says in Chazal, the Gemorah, the Zalochah, it's brought down Shulchan it's brought down everywhere, that Friday is the day to prepare for Shabbos. Eh? What if I'm not in the mood? What if I'm so nervous about getting ready for Shabbos that I want to prepare for Shabbos on Tuesday, have Shabbos ready? Or Tuesday, I can still make Abdullah, you know, save it for Wednesday. Wednesday, I get everything ready for Shabbos. You shouldn't do that. Now, you should, but you should make sure that Friday is the Ikra avoid for preparing for Shabbos. Because the avoid of Friday is to connect the Yemais HaShavua to Shabbos Kodesh. Kichob HaShemayim is that day. The day of Erev Shabbos is the day to connect weekday and Kodesh and Chod. So 
you have a base Hamikdash. A base Hamikdash is the place that connects Kodesh and Chol. Shabbos made right? The El of Hashishi. There's really a lot of talk that that Chumash Dvorim is referencing to the El of Hashishi. That you know, there's Shita Al Fashin Hava Alma. The world is six thousand years. No, that doesn't mean by the year six thousand the world is over. That's not Bechlal now what it means, but. The Sefer Dvarim correspond different different parshiyos. The Sefer Dvarim correspond to different kufas. We're holding mamish in the last couple of days, couple of weeks, and this Elif Hashishi is going to connect all the other all, all the other kufas to Elif Hashishi is going to be the Yemay Samashir, which is going to connect us to Elam Haba, which is going to be the ultimate tikkun of everything. Yitzchak Avinu was sixty years old when he. When he had these children that were supposed to connect Shemayim Varet, fascinating thing. Stayed in Medrash that there was a discussion going on. The Yaakov and Esau were fighting before they were born. What was the fight about? The fight was about Olam Hazeh. The fight was about Olam Abba. Yaakov said, "There is Olam Abba. There is another world." Esau says, "No, ain't Olam Elazeh. There's only this world. There's no. There's no Nitzchias." Esau, before he was born, was already entertaining ideas that there was no Nitzchias. And that's how Esau lived his life. Esau needs everything now. He doesn't worry about the consequences of his actions or what's going to happen later. That's what it says by Esau. And the measure says that they were arguing about the two Elamites. Elamazan and Elamabo. Esau obviously took Elamazan and Yaakov got Elamabo. Now it's very interesting because I know a lot of Jews that are descendants of Yaakov Avinu. Actually, all Jews are descendants of Yaakov Avinu. And they're all living in Elamazan. So how does that work? So how did Yaakov get Elamabo if he took if Yaakov took Olam Abba and this Machlekes. So then, I mean, we'll eventually get there. I mean, that's what we're learning about in Chelek. That's what the Gemara is talking about over there. But the so Chalik explains like this. That really, the ideal world was supposed to be like this. You know, Yisachar is Zvulun. There's a deal. Yisachar learns Zvulun supports him. It was supposed to be like this. Yaakov is supposed to be Isaac Betera. And Esav is supposed to be the Zvulun. He's supposed to be the partner to help him with all the physical Zachim in the world. And... And if ya- if Esau would have done like this, so Yaakov and Esau together would have created the perfect world of being mechaber, of connecting Olam and Olam Obviously, it didn't work out like that. But Esau was Bercher Bera, so Yaakov needed to, Yaakov needs to go down to work in Olam And he's dealing with sheep. Sheep are physical beings, you know. They're lowly animals, they're lowly creatures. So Yaakov is left on his own devices to connect Shemayim Ba'aretz. And Esav, even though he was chayte, there was one area in his life where he was mechaber Shemayim Ba'aretz. There was one area of his life where he perfected the connection between Shemayim Ba'aretz. And that was in his midst of Kibbut Ava'im. The Gemara says in Ksubis Hey that the Eretz was nivra b'smoil v'hashemayim b'yamin. The Eretz was created with Hashem's left hand and the Shemayim, which is more important, was created with Hashem's right hand. The Pasuk says, Av Yodi Yasta Aretz Vimini Tipcha Shemayim. Shemayim was formed with my right hand. Ve'ilu b'maisei yedeim shal tzadikim. But by, when it comes to the maisei yedeim shal tzadikim, the avoida of the Klal Yisrael in this world, the Pasuk says, Ksiv mochon l'shivdecha pa'alta Hashem, mikdash Hashem, kainenu yadecha. The highest level of avoida is the Beis HaMikdash. That's the highest malkum where we could connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not only we connect Akash Baruch, it's a place that connects Shemayim Ba'aretz in the sense that we're elevating the entire Aretz to be in the to get connected to Shemayim. 
So even though it was built out of sticks and stones, but it was the highest point of Ruchnius, meaning there was a physical skeleton to it, but the body that was built around it, just like us, we have a physical being, but that's not who we are. We are what our neshama is. We're, we are Yidin. We are Kedusha Yisrael. So that's what the Beis HaMikdash was as well. The Mishnah says, who knows how many Nisam on a daily basis in the Beis HaMikdash. So Nisam don't have them. It's not a physical thing. These are higher than the regular physical thing. So, Lechayra, this is what the Baal Turm is saying. Esav was born to Yitzchak when he was 60 years old. That means that he had the Kayach, he had the ability to connect Shemaim and Aretz the way that he should. And from this Kayach, he was able to override the Beis HaMikdash. Because he had a Gavisa he had a specific area in his Avoida where he was able to connect Shemaim and Aretz. So if he has something where he perfected his connection between Shemaim and Aretz, that means he's going to have the power over the thing in this world that connects Shemaim and Aretz, and that's the Beis HaMikdash. And that's going to give a Mokim for Esav to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. And unfortunately, that's what happened. Now, I just want to be myself one more thing. Because the Gemara Kedushan says a story. You have a Gemara Kedushan here? You're right here. And with this, we'll end. Following Maisa. The Gemara is talking about Kibbutz Abayim. Maaz? First half. Oh, yeah, we're going to finish first half. I'm continuing with Hashem. We'll be here. We'll be here for probably another week and a half or so. I don't know the whole second half, but uh, I'm sticking around. So the Gemara is talking about different Maisa Lach about Kibbutz Abayim. Om Rebabo. Like my son Avimi Kaimitz's keyboard. He was Makaimitz's keyboard. Hamishi Boni Samke Havale Lavimi Bechai Ovev. Vichiavas Rebabo Kari Abavarot Ozal Pazak Levamar in Adamate Hosa. So Avimi Rebabo was the god Lador, and he had a son Avimi. And Avimi had put tremendous effort in his mitzvah of Kibbut of Aim. Avimi had five grown sons, and they, they could have helped him. They could have helped the grandfather. But Bishum Panavaifen, when the Zayder of Abo would come and knock on the door, as soon as he would hear him, he was upstairs, he was downstairs, he, wherever he was in the house, he would start screaming, Tata, Tata, come. I'm coming to open the door for you. Yoimachad, one day, Omele Ashki on Maya. So Rebabo asked Avimi to bring him a cup of water. By the time he brought the water to him, Rebabo was sleeping. So Gochen Koyale Adi Isar. He he waited patiently, standing bent over next to his father until he woke up. Istaya Milsa. While he was waiting there, he had a Syata Dishmaya. Vidarash Avimi Mizmarli Asaf. And he darshan Mizmarli Asaf. What's Mizmarli Asaf? But Aida Gochin Lufanov Zakrashi. While he was still bent in front of him, Shahidan the Medrash, Mizmar Echad. He was able to understand a certain medrash that he never understood before. Certain psukim and tilim were always bothering him. And now he was able to understand it. What was the drasha that he understood? Zok Rashi. He darshan this pasuk. David HaMelech is saying in tilim a mizmar that the Goyim came into the Beis HaMikdash and destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. Back to Medrash. Why would you say Mizmar Asaf? Mizmar is a Zemer. Zmiris. Zmiris is a song. 
something that's beautiful, something that's pleasant, something that's nice. The goyim are destroying the base of mikdash from Zakta Mizmar. We're singing a song. The goyim are destroying the base of mikdash. You don't sing a song when the goyim are destroying the base of mikdash. We should be crying our hearts out. We should be devastated. So what's the pshat over here? V'dorash kach, and this is what he darshan. Sheomar osav shira al shakila kosh bochu chamosay beetzim uvavonim shabeveisoy mutoich kach hoiser pleita biyisrael. Could you imagine if Akash Baruch Hu wouldn't destroy the base of Mikdash? What would have had to happen? Akash Baruch Hu would have to destroy Klal Yisrael. That means it would have been a total decimation of Klal Yisrael. There would be no more Jews, and it would cause the greatest chil Hashem that ever happened. Just in Chazal. So what Avimi had as Yata Deshmaya, while he was being a kind of mitzvah of Kibbut of Aim, to understand the Oymek, to understand the depth of what Chuvim Beis Hamikdash was about. There's a lot to talk here. And we're getting closer to Tisha B'Av that Hashem should be mahapach and l'sasen and to a yontif Hashem like this year already. But the point is that we see the concept that through Kibbut of Aim there's a connection to the Beis HaMikdash. And the reason is because the Beis HaMikdash was something that connected Shemayim Baruch and it was something that Esav also was able to connect Shemayim Baruch with in that specific Maisa. So when Avimi is bringing water to his father maybe this was water to put at the fire to Beis HaMikdash I don't want to say such a drasha. Yeah, I'm not darshaning. But Vidorish Kaksha Omar also of Shira al Shakila Kashboko Kamasa Baitum Babanum Shabesoi, Mitoch Kah Hoyser played to be Sal Kashboko poured out his anger on the physical skeleton of the Baitsa Mikdash, and that was destroyed. And he was able to spear Klal Yisrael in that way. Shalmola Kachlan Ishtai Mistaina Yisrael Sarvid, Vikhena Oimer Kila, Shemes Kamasa Vyotas Eshpitsiyai. Just want to end off with a quick bracha. First of all, for the Gavaldig Island that we had here the whole first half. For those that were here, it was a beautiful opportunity to learn. And uh, it was a Gavaldig Simchas Torah and a lovely kite in learning. I really, really appreciated it. And we're going to go weiter. Who's not being here second half? You? You? What about you? You're here till Mashiach comes, huh? For sure. And we're all here till Mashiach comes. And Mashiach doesn't come on Friday, you know that, right? Mashiach doesn't have to get ready for Shabbos. He's gonna, he's gonna make us ready for Shabbos. Yom Shakula Shabbos. The point is, I just want to give everyone a bracha. My humble blessing to you all is that we should be zeicha to appreciate the loss of what the Beis Hamikdash was about, and we should all be zeicha l'rois b'vinyano u'b'simchasa meher v'meinu amen. Good Shabbos, everyone.